Welcome to Friendo Podcast, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. As a YouTuber, I've shared my life online for the last eight years, and now I'm excited to learn about you. Friendo celebrates people and their stories, from interesting jobs to unique passions and curious life skills that the world should hear about. Community is everything. Let's do this. Where do you go to find stillness? Do you make time to be in nature? Ever since I was young, I remember feeling so much peace when surrounded by trees. Green grass, falling snow, you name it, I enjoyed it. Even now, I find myself getting lost in my thoughts when my surroundings exude calm and loads of greenery. A few years back, I heard the term forest bathing and it resonated with me. In Japan, forest bathing and forest therapy broadly means taking in, in all of one's senses, the forest atmosphere. So it's not simply a walk in the woods. It is the conscious and contemplative practice of being immersed in the sights, sounds, and smells of the forest. Friendos, in today's episode, we're heading outdoors. Now, I appreciate that's not for everyone. I promise this isn't about a month-long hike in the woods and you won't need bug spray. Instead, I want to introduce you to Becca Keddenberg. She works for an environmental nonprofit called the Mountains to Sound Greenway Trust, where she manages the education program. She lives in Washington State on the traditional lands of the Duwamish, Muckleshoot, and Stillaguamish tribes. She loves hiking, gardening, and kitchen dance parties with her husband and four-year-old kiddo. With her help, we'll explore how to cultivate curiosity in nature for all ages. So listen, I'm a fan of a casual stroll, preferably with my dogs. What about you? Where do you land on this activity? How do you like to get outside? I also learn about sit spots in today's episode. This might be my new favorite way to connect with the great outdoors. Speaking of life outside, did I ever tell you about how Dean lived in his car for a little while? More on that shortly. And stick around for my favorite things this week. Something for your home, something for your kids, and a trend I didn't expect to like, but am officially obsessed with. Welcome to the podcast, Becca. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. This is a fun conversation. I literally call myself a nature fairy. So like I'm ready to learn about what you're going to be offering. So let's just jump right into it. Tell me a little bit about what you do and what we're going to like talk about today. What's your passion these days? Yeah, I'm so excited about this topic. So I work for an environmental nonprofit uh, based here in Seattle, Washington. It's called the Mountains to Sound Greenway Trust. And I've been working here since 2013, which suddenly is like eight years. Um, and I joined after uh, earning my bachelor's degree in environmental education because I knew I wanted to work with kids. I wanted to be outside. Um, and so that just seemed like, uh, you know, the perfect fit. And I also grew up um, hiking and camping and backpacking. And so when the, the idea of working for an environmental nonprofit just felt, you know, really good. And, and it is. It's the best job I've ever had. Um, so the, the overall mission of the Greenway Trust is to ensure a long-term balance between people and nature. 
And we do this by leading an inspiring action to conserve this landscape that we call the Greenway, um, which is actually a national heritage area. It's uh, one and a half million acres that stretches from the Puget Sound in Seattle over the Cascade Mountains to central Washington. Um, and it's a really awesome place to live and work and play and go to school. And so our the work that we do is a natural um, intersection between uh, advocacy work, ecological restoration and education. And education is my pocket of the nonprofit. So I manage our education program and get to at least pre-pandemic and then here hopefully soon get to do uh, classroom lessons and field trips and restoration projects with fourth to 12th graders. Um, and the ultimate goal is to, you know, help these kids have a personal positive connection with nature so that they understand how it works, so they care about it, so that they grow up um, you know, wanting to help take care of it. They're the future. It's like really cliche, but it's the next generation. It's so true. Some of my most vivid memories when I was in elementary school were those really hands-on trips mm -hmm. to environmental areas. I remember one time we were catching frogs. I like full on fell in a pond. My kids had a good laugh at that. I'm like, I don't know what I wore home, but it was probably damp. But you know, it's like <laughs> those fun memories because, yeah. you know, growing up, I didn't grow up in, 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 um, in a, place where I had like a huge backyard and access to like nature right in my backyard. So mm -hmm. going on these adventures, especially when it's like, you feel like it's fake learning because you're not sitting in a classroom, yeah. like you're actually going on this fun field trip. There was like a bus involved. Yeah. It's just, it, it leads me to this next part, which I feel like we know that children being exposed to nature is good. But then I feel like sometimes I'm like, well, why? Why is it good? Yeah. So I'm curious, like, why is it important for youth to connect with nature? Like, how does it help them? Yeah, I mean, you're it's you're so right. We know this intuitively. We're just like, yeah, nature's good. But then, like, but why? And like, how do we know that? You know, um, I think it's really interesting. There is actually a ton of research to back up. Like a lot of people have studied this because it's it's a great question, um, and. So there's a lot of research to back up the fact that being in nature makes us happier and healthier. And um, there's a, a professor from Stanford University, Dr. Nicole Arduin, I hope I'm saying her name right, A-R-D-O-I-N, who a few years ago um, reviewed over a hundred studies that had asked that kind of question about, um, well, I guess it was, they were measuring the impacts of environmental education for kindergarten to um, through high school students. So all these other people had done these studies over, I think, 20 years. So she read all of them and tried to kind of look for patterns and, you know, see, make connections between all of them. And unsurprisingly found that environmental education teaches kids about the environment, right? We know that, um, but it goes way beyond that. And, and environmental education and being out in nature helps with academic achievement. It helps students do better in math and in music and all their other classes. It helps with their emotional and social skills and critical thinking and helps them build confidence. Um, and there's, you know, the list goes on, um, I think. And, and that applies to grownups too. You know, my, I'm talking about kids, but it's good for us too. You know, I think about being in a situation where I'm feeling overwhelmed or really emotional. And, and my first thought is I need to get some fresh air. You know, like I need to go outside and, um, just take a five minute walk even makes a big difference. 
I agree. I find sometimes when it's an overwhelming day, like I work from home, but I have this beautiful window that stares out into the yard and I love all the different seasons, but sometimes I'm like, I just need to walk out, you know, as long as it's summer and spring and just have like my bare feet on the grass. Or, you know, I remember when we started to learn about the term forest bathing and I'm like here for that. Sometimes I'm a scaredy pants walking by myself in the forest, but I love to go. And because I just feel it's so calming, the smells, the crunch under my feet. I just love all of it, you know? And, and when you're not exposed to that, like I grew up in the suburbs, so we did have that like access to a forest. Those are some of my most treasured memories, like jumping on our bikes and like booking it through the trails. Um, you know, I don't know that we actually did it all that much, but it seems very vivid and vibrant in my mind. Like we did this all the time or something. Um, but it's, you know, having those moments to go out and do that, you know, I'm thinking about as a kid, like I had two parents, well, three technically that worked Mm -hmm. all the time. Like we couldn't just stop our day and go do that. And maybe they were tired at the end of the day. And Mm -hmm. I think as parents, you know, we struggle sometimes with, there's so many things where we know are good, but you can't always get to them. And this is great when you hear about cities and school boards and programs that are available to students Mm -hmm. that are highlighting this importance and they get to sneak it in there to the education (laughs) system and program without the parents necessarily needing to do everything and expose the kids to everything. It's just wonderful. You mentioned that it's a pandemic, obviously we're all (laughs) stuck in this space. Um, for some of us like myself, I feel like going out and doing adventure walks and hikes has actually been one of our biggest activities that we can do as a family. So I feel very fortunate there. Um, but knowing that, you know, what you're doing is very hands-on, has there been a way for kids to connect virtually during this wild time? Yeah. You know, last spring when the pandemic shut down schools, we had to ask ourselves, how do we take a program that where kids spend up to 10 hours with us and, you know, about not, not all of that time outside, but about two thirds of that time outside and then translate that, adapt that to zoom. And it was kind of disheartening. Like, what am I supposed to do, um, with this? So I'm actually very proud. Our team made two series of videos um, that are like trying to take our two more popular curriculums, one that's about salmon, one that's about forest ecosystems, and make this series of short videos where each video covers you know, a little bit of a topic and offers or invites the, um, the student or the grown-up, whoever, um, to do an activity at home. So for example, one of the videos related to salmon talks about one of the early life stages of salmon and Um, the kind of habitat needs, and um, also talked about macroinvertebrates or stream bugs. And then the activity was to go find some clean recycling at your home and like build a stream bug. Um, So, you know, it's, it wasn't perfect, but it was a way to kind of try and engage students who are now, who, you know, now spend a lot of time on um, learning online and over Zoom and Teams and stuff like that. So I think that, Let's see. What do I want to say about the pandemic? <laughs> I know <laughs> I it's like a mental block. Which direction? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yes, we, we adapted and we did some online, you know, the videos are just a thing that's posted that anyone can go find on our website. We also did some virtual teaching over Zoom and it went well, all things considered. Being in the pandemic was a really good reminder to myself. I have an almost four-year-old, so, you know, professionally, but also just personal life. I have a, a, my 
kiddos turning four in a couple of weeks. And so last summer he was like three and couldn't really like play on his own for very long. And I'm like trying to work from home and he's at home. And there's a lot of good that came out of that. Um, but also it was very stressful. And so it was mm-hmm. a good reminder that nature isn't just out there. Nature isn't just like an hour drive away on a mountain surrounded by trees. That nature is awesome. Um, but nature is also right outside your window and helping remind them and inspire them to find ways to connect with nature right outside their front door, right outside their window, um, I think is really important. Absolutely. I know that my husband um, would have like, he was taking the kids on a lot of walks because I'm sitting in my office doing a lot of work. Um, And we have had, I feel like a whole like nature thing going on in our house. There was, we had a bunch of frogs at one point, you know, they had a little habitat and I was like, all right. And I found that my instinct is like, no, those we live outside. Um, but I noticed I was like, we need to learn and be patient and allow some things to just let it slide. So we had a couple of frogs. I can't remember their names at this point. And we, you know, we kept them for a little bit. We did our best and then we released them back to the wild. Um, yeah. I, we had some chickens last summer. That was fun. Uh, we had some ducks, you know, there's a couple ducks that come and they, they love to lay an egg in my neighbor's pool in the spring. So it's just been fun to like, really stop and kind of make a big deal out of nature right in our backyard. Cause you're totally right. Like, yes, being in the middle of this amazing nature reserve with not a car sound in sight would be like incredible, but that's not always possible. Right. And like, what can we do in our own backyards and how to have some fun? Like all of the birds were laying eggs. I don't think I ever really noticed how many birds we had in our yard, but we paid attention this year. Right. And it's, um, yeah, like finding ways to incorporate that messaging in there. And I, you know, what you were mentioning too, about like having these virtual programs. Yeah. Okay. They're not perfect. It's not a field trip, but Mm -hmm. I do appreciate that. Like some of us, I'd say adults, kids alike require a little bit of structure when it comes Mm -hmm. to this is the activity we're doing that like free falling. I'm going to go with the flow doesn't work for everybody. So sometimes it's like, yeah, creating and building that little sea bug thing you mentioned, um, Mm might be just what we need, like a little guideline to do the activity, which ultimately ends the same results, which is you've spent a little time outside. You're learning something new, right? You're connecting with your family. I just think it's, it doesn't have to be a big lesson if we don't want it to be, but I like that there's options. It helps people like kind of just do the thing. Now, I know we sort of talked about this already, like some ways that we can get kids and, you know, to get involved in nature, but I'm just curious, like, do you have any suggestions on how to encourage curiosity around nature and the planet? Cause I feel like it's, it could be a tough sell for some kids. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, earlier you mentioned that like kind of sneakiness of environment, of like learning through the environment, you know, and you're, you're exactly right. I think just finding something because there's so much to choose from, find something that's exciting or weird or gross or interesting. And then like, learn about it, you know, make it a habit of noticing things in nature and just asking yourself questions like, huh, why is that cloud shaped differently? Or like, I wonder what's under that rotting log or whatever. There's like endless questions and you don't have to know the answer. You don't have to ever look it up, but just to like stay curious. Um, and there are, so I do have some suggestions of things that I like to do as like with my four-year-old or with my older students, um, including doing a sit spot. Are you familiar with sit spots? No, I haven't heard of this. 
So a sit spot is um, you find a spot and you sit. So you find a spot outside that's comfy um, and you just have a sit and it could be for five minutes. It could be for two hours, like whatever you have capacity for. And the idea is there's not like a wrong way to do a sit spot really. But um, the idea is that you kind of pick the same spot and you spend time in it, you know, every day if you can, and just notice what's going on around you. And if drawing and writing is, you know, if that's your cup of tea, then bring a piece of paper and some markers and write down what comes to mind, like draw what you see, notice what plants are flowering, which bugs are visiting those plants. Um, but, you know, just make observations about the world around you. And I wish I could remember the quote or who said this, but I remember reading sometime that someone was like, if you like everyone should spend, and I'm going to botch the quote, but everyone should spend say 20 minutes in nature every day. And if you're really busy, make it an hour. <laughs> I love that. I wish I was lying when I say that this morning, my husband and I had a full on debate about this bird that whether it mm. was I was like, it's a young cardinal. And my husband's like, no. And we, and then I was like, we're literally debating this bird type. Like we've been in this pandemic for too long, um, yeah. but it's fun. Right. And uh, Becca sitting yeah. still, that's my kind of activity with my children. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to recommend this one. I love that though. Yeah. It's like, how often do we just stop and slow, slow down? Slowing down is so hard to do as adults when we have full like autonomy and we can make these decisions and actually slow down. So when you're a child and you can help create these like healthy, healthy moments, right? How it's okay wow. to take that time in your day. That is yeah. genius. I know. And if like me, you want to know the name of everything, um, there's an app for that. So there's an app called Merlin that helps you identify birds. So you can maybe should check that out. You can see what it was. Um, and there's another app I'd recommend. Um, it's called Seek, S-E-E-K by iNaturalist. And similar, you, you like find a plant or an animal or a mushroom and you're like, what the heck is that? You literally just take a picture of it and then it helps you identify what it is. And it's part of this, um, citizen science movement, this community science. So not only are you learning about the plant or the animal or bug or whatever, um, but then you're contributing to this big database of organisms and kind of cool. I feel like you're something part of something bigger. Yeah. That is so neat. Yeah. I would also suggest, so I know that this is a program in the U S where I'm at, but I also looked up something kind of similar for Canada. So um, two things. So one is in the U.S. There's a program called Every Kid Outdoors. I think that's what it's called. It's through the National Parks Program, where every fourth grader in the U.S. can get a free pass to um, the national parks to over 2,000 federal lands and waters. So, like the fourth grader and their family get free entry, which is super cool. Um, and you might know this, but I had to look it up. In Canada, there's a Discovery Pass which is not free, but it's an annual pass. Um, I think it said it was like $70 for an adult and kids are free. And that gets you access to all the national parks in Canada. So, you know, there's nature in your backyard, but if you're up for a little bit of a drive, then that's totally an option. I love that. I don't think I've heard of that. I feel like, mm -hmm. cause we go to the parks a lot and I always pay the mm -hmm. entrance fee, but I didn't actually realize like, obviously yeah, yeah. I have a pass. That's genius. These are such okay. great tips. Two other suggestions real quick. Um, there's another, so when my kiddo was first born and I was on parental leave and 
trying to figure out like, who am I as a, as a human? Like, what am I actually capable of anymore? Um, I found this group called Hike It Baby. And it's in the, it's all over the US, but it's also in Canada and a few other countries internationally. And it's just, it's a, it's a group that helps families with young kids, like babies and young kids get together to go for a hike. And they use the word hike loosely. It could be a walk around the lake in your city, or it could be something a little bit longer. Um, and so that I highly recommend hike a baby. It was like a great way to meet other people with little kids and just to like get outside and move your body and try out a new trail. Um, so that was a great one. And then the, my last suggestion is whether you're like doing laundry or you're on a walk with your kids, have a podcast in your ear and learn about something like just, you know, use podcasts um, to kind of pique your interest and answer some of your questions. And one that I've been really enjoying, enjoying lately is called Ologies. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. You should check it out. Ologies is amazing. She just, it, the host like chooses an ology, right? Like biology or psychology or something. And she talks to um, experts and she's hilarious. Um, so it's like just a really fun way to dig into a topic that maybe you've never thought of. I love that. Becca, you are just full of such bright, loving energy. And I'm like, I swear it's because you're just like this woman who has sought out nature and like the impacts, you know, these are just really great tips. And, and I think a great reminder for folks with kids, folks without kids, just to spend a little time outdoors. I know for myself, when I want to feel my best, I, I remind myself to take an evening walk. I gotta be honest, the last like two weeks have been so busy that I haven't found time for it. And I feel a little weird because it's like, I'm like teched out. I'm zapped out from responsibilities and I haven't spent enough time just like breathing deeply as I walk, you know, cause there's something that's happening there. Walking is so good for you and just being outdoors, breathing in that nice clean air. So it's like, gotta make a little bit more time for it, you know, and we, we have to make the time for what is important. It's never just going to magically appear. Right. So thank you for your insight yeah. and your tips. This is wonderful. So where can people find you online? We are, um, we have a website, mtsgreenway.org, and we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Amazing. Yeah. So come follow us. Absolutely. I love that. And if you know, if you're local and you want to get involved in their programs, I mean, I think this is just such an amazing opportunity for kids. So thank you so much, Becca. This has been great. Thank you so much for the conversation. I love talking about connecting kids with nature and this has just been so much fun. Welcome Dean. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, now like I have a choice. Yeah, I know. Prisoner, like prisoner, Dean. Of, you know, I got lots of stuff to do. Yeah, you know. Um, so now that we all want to just go for a hike because Becca has introduced us to the benefits of nature. Isn't that great? I love I, I love listening to that. I know. I loved it. Just kind of reminded me of all those little, you know, not this post on social media. I just walked and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But that kind of point where you go walking or you go to that place that you like by some stream and you just kind of veg and your head's all buzzing 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 and then let buzzes less and then it's like whoa there's like this calm stillness that doesn't is not meant to sound hokey that's real you oh know? yeah it's amazing anyway yeah what's happening so 
leads me to the topic of, you know, we're kind of like wrapping up summer here. People have done a lot of things with their summers, but a lot of people... Maybe you're wrapping up summer. True. I'm going to hold out till like October <laughs> 31st for summer. Okay. I don't... What am I... What are we doing? We're Fair going enough. to school, you and I? Well, no, I don't care. I'm Summer's hoping, lasting. Well, you know, hoping we'll do. some other people go to school, but yeah. Um, yeah, wouldn't that be great? I know. Okay, but another thing that a lot of people find great is like people go camping in the summer. Yeah, well, that's their problem. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me how you really feel. Where do you land on the idea of camping? I had good memories growing up of camping, and I had this very good friend um, who worked at a sports store so we could have the latest gear and go out and water filtration and, you know, cooking over the first camp stove that wasn't a Coleman stove and blah, 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 blah. And it was great. But now when you go camping, there's two things that turned me off it. One, Mm -hmm. some people don't know when to say, okay, close the trunk now. You have enough shit. You have more shit in the back of your car than you actually have in your bedroom Mm -hmm. and kitchen combined. And... It just, that just, you know, enough. Packed light. You got a packed light. And the other thing is, is that I've had some experiences <laughs> and they who know who they are, but not you. You're right. I, I, that I, I've wanted to go camping. It's like, all right, we'll meet up nine o'clock sharp. Let's head out. I had, I was big into sea kayaking and used to build my own kayaks and all that stuff and had this friend that would be up all night, you know, putting all the stuff and he's like, well, can you carry some of the stuff in your kayak? And I'm like, no. And nine o'clock, we were going to leave, you know, for a two hour drive to go where we need to go. Yeah. Nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, doesn't show. By one o'clock, I pulled the pin on this guy (laughs) and it was such a bad experience. I think it kind of like destroyed our friendship. So the other thing, don't be tardy. You want to go somewhere? Pack it up. Let's go. You don't need everything. Okay. So tell me, when yeah. you were a kid, what kind of camping did you do? Because I also went camping as a kid. Yeah. But we like, it was like budget camping because we didn't well, quite have like the yeah. funds for like a trailer. So we did, it was usually tents. Yeah. And then, and I'm like not even with good air mattress. I'm talking like thermarest on the ground. Right. That was painful. But mind you, I was like 10, so nobody cares. Um, but then I remember as I got a little older, the budget expanded. We rented one of those pop-up trailers and that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I love super those pop-up humid. But then it saves you when it rains. So what did your camping experience? So my dad like? started out when there were six kids and there is still six kids. <laughs> right. And uh, we had our old Chevy. This is like in the 70s. And uh, my dad was very, very brave. And he had this old military canvas tent that smelled like mildew. And when it was set up, it was so thick that really, like, you couldn't, it was almost pitch dark in the day. And there was, like, metal poles, and you had to hammer stakes in and all that stuff. And the floor was dirt. So... We would put the ground sheet down and oh. you would dig the trench or the rain trench around the outside of the of the tents. Oh my god. And those silly air mattresses the with the that really agronomic pillow. You know the one? <laughs> yes. It looked like a butt. It had like it was like the J Lo pillow. Yeah. And there was no there's no comfort in it at all. No. And uh 
you know, the humidity in there and, oh, it's disgusting. But you know what? We didn't know as kids that was great. And you spend most of your day out going to the beach and all that stuff, coming back exhausted. Mom cooked amazing food from nothing. And then we graduated, of course, to the trailer, which dad would pull up to the lake and we would all go as kids. And when they really didn't want to have anything to do with us anymore. <laughs> and that was great. Oh, like they would drop the trailer. Yeah, they would oh, drop the trailer. That's pretty fun. It was great. And uh, that was fun. And then, you know, then it got to the point, I think, where I kind of backpedaled a little bit in my life when I moved on. And I had this uh, this girl that I was seeing for a long time. And uh, she was really into camping. But, you know, kind of like a little bit too rustic for me, you know, mm. at that point in my life. Because... Maybe like somebody I'm talking to now, there is no, like, I have to cook. Okay, I was going to say. I have like, to do the setup. I was going to say, I'll be honest. I yeah. I mean, if you want to go camping, I'll join you. But like, I am not, I have other skills. Like, you know, I need to be led a little bit when it comes to what's happening on a campsite because I didn't actively seek that out as a young person. Like I went camping, I think it was one friend trip yeah. where our parents dropped us as teenagers. And all I remember is being like hella hungover. It was hot. Right. We had to walk so far to the beach and I thought I was going to die. This was like pre-brain days where I yeah. like didn't realize you should bring water with you when you're going on big walks Nobody and stuff. Nobody did that. Like, exactly. You didn't have like those cool water bottles like we do now. So no. I just didn't think about you it. You had those big canteens, those metal <laughs> right. canteens with the fur on the side that always leaked. They were made out of like aluminum or something. I didn't even Remember? have that. Oh my God. But all I know, I was like sunburnt and thirsty and yeah. hot and like anyway it, yeah it sucks it does kind of blow you, you smell like and the last one we did of course oh my god like i i will never do it again i'm done we had a honda odyssey we did great cars by the way love that car this is, I, I miss it i know let's go on so i we ordered a tent that fit on the back and uh jack no me and esme esme and i we we slept on an air mattress like a real big one inside the flat part of the van in yep. the back. Yep. And then you guys were in the tent part a little bit lower, but still connected. Yeah. Well, in the middle of the night, you wake up and there's, it's just like raining humidity down the windows. So we had to wake up in the night, start the car, get the air conditioning, clear the humidity out. And that would last for a few hours. Then guess what? It'd get humid again. And then you'd wake up in the morning and you have hungry kids and you're like, what? Okay. I got to feed these kids now. So, you know, you're lighting up the Coleman stove, making the breakfast, figuring out how to make the toast, doing all this type of stuff. And I'm doing it alone mm -hmm. because you don't have any experience, do, you know, doing that type of stuff. And to be fair, the kids were small. I was still breastfeeding Jack. He was small. So like there was no letting them play on their own. They would have run off into like the forest road thing because it was a campsite that had like campsites right. quite close to each other. It was a different experience. I feel like I could handle like one time your parents came from Alberta out to BC when we were living in Vancouver and they had their their trailer and that was sweet. Like yeah. you have the little shower, you've got the kitchen at thing. Air conditioning. Air conditioning so you can actually like live like you're yeah. not waking up and starting a fire there, you're like turning on the stove right i'm with there's an old rcmp royal canadian mount police saying there's no sense in roughing it just to rough it 
if I need to survive in a situation in the in the forest, you know, good chances that even with the courses, like we always get those survival courses, it's very difficult, you know, that type of thing. I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to I don't want to do it. Smell like campfire and all this stuff. Anyway, I'm going on. I don't like it. Right. I will pass. You know, the smell of the campfire, I actually don't mind that smell. But again, my experiences are very small. Like I didn't have like big bonfires as a kid. I grew up in the suburbs. You weren't doing that. It wasn't like bush parties and things as I was like a teenager growing up and stuff. So you guys just like burned a car or whatever. Pretty much like started like, yeah, just the like gangs and things, but like gang <laughs> violence. But um, no, it was just so my experience was very limited. And then when we did go camping, I was a kid. So like the parents were doing everything. So it was fun. Um, part of me thinks like our kids would really enjoy those types of like moments. But then again, they also like to wake up and have their yummy eggs and toast and play on their video games a little wi-fi so i mean you try to find some balance but something that i know has impacted perhaps your desire to want to rough it you know because some people really enjoy it is like there was a part of your life you kind of lived in your car so yes i did live in my car when i finished my aviation training and schooling i set out this would have been 1990 I don't know, three, four, five. And yeah, I headed, uh, I headed out of my car and the plan I had, you know, I, I drove up to the Yukon, worked up there for a while, drove back, uh, drove across Canada looking for work. And to make a long story short, I took the money I needed for gas because I had no credit card. I had no cell phone. Uh, you know, remember you had calling cards? And he used to dial in and in and in, you know, whatever. That's all I had. So I, I put the money in my glove compartment that I needed. Well, in the back of my glove compartment, kind of hid it. That I needed for gas because I figured out, okay, I need this much. And this was back when it was, I don't know, 35 cents a liter or something. I, right. I can't even remember. It was cheap. And uh, then I had my money for food. And then, of course, I never ate in a restaurant or anything. I just had groceries. But one thing you don't realize about, like, or I, I wanted to kind of like convey the, the uh, I wanted to kind of uh, give my advice to people that are watching these mo- movies on RV living, van living, parking lot living. I wouldn't say that this country is the friendliest place for that type of activity. Um, people don't like things being out of order. Interesting. What I found, like whenever ever I, I would stop, Several times, you know, I pulled off the highway. Uh, this is going up to the Yukon. And I would pull into one of these stopping places and I would put my Volkswagen Rabbit seats forward and f- the back ones were folded down and try to stuff everything I could into the front passenger seat. I would get in the back and it would still not be flat. Mm. And I would unroll the window a little bit, get in my sleeping bag, put the thing over my head and just try to sleep. Knock, 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 knock. Be like a police officer. Jeez. You know, oh, you can't stop here. You can't sleep here. Okay. So you start getting a lot of that and you start having to pull off farther and farther off the road. Sometimes these little logging roads that end up in this little grove or whatever. Well, you know, let's be honest. Like 
it's not the safest thing to do. I was going to say, like, everyone knows how much I love my true crime stories. I'm like, they all start like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I had my, uh, what do you call it? Tire iron as for protection. Mm. And I had one of those big Rambo Bowie knives kind of things. Like, like you're actually going to use it on somebody. You're going to get into a knife fight in the bush. <laughs> Come on. Sounds sounds dangerous. But it was a little bit scary like that. And, and you know, um, it, it, people don't really want you sleeping in certain spots. And and it's really like, I guess they see you as the that vagrant type, you know, person that, you know, why are you here? Why, why, move along. It's not respectable. There was a lot of that. Uh, even to the point, I think, well, my age, I think I was in 21, 22 years old. Uh, I remember one time being so tired from getting kind of moved along from place to place and not wanting to go out in the boonies that I got a hotel room. And they gave me this because I walked in there. I paid the full price. They gave me this place with no windows. This It looked like it was where they stored um, the leftover, you know, f- furniture and stuff because there was some in there. And... Right outside the door, there was this speaker and the night auditor, whatever, was listening to the music. And it was really loud. It was in my room. So I'd go out and I'd say, you know, hey, dude, can you you mind turning this down? He goes, I'll turn it down, but I need something to work through the night. I said, well, I paid for a room. I'd like to sleep. And I tried for a few hours. He wouldn't turn it down. I ended up staying there like four hours, not sleeping and Aww. And I asked for like a partial refund, no go. Anyway, lots of stories like that. But, but there's I think- that ageism and you're young and you don't have all the money to like yeah. all these factors. You're right where you, you're you coloring outside the lines a little bit and people are like, we don't like that. We want you to be like, you know, and I just want to say something because it's, you know, there is something right now that's happening where we're like romanticizing this van life. You see it all over. I mean, at least YouTube is serving me that these people taking these vans and then they're traveling across the country and they're seeing nature and they're going out and exploring and doing all these things. But they're not showing you the parts where what you're saying, which is like, you can't just park your van anywhere, you know, like it seems like when a trend happens like that, I guess there was that. I don't remember the name of the movie that was very good, but it was about, it was Francis McDermott. Oh, Nomadland. Nomadland. Francis McDermott, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Very good. But the whole thing is, is that it touches on, you know, the loneliness, plus people that are doing it because of a necessity. And I mean, it's, it draws attention to the fact that, you know, sometimes it's people's last resort. Don't romanticize it, make it all comfortable. It's like, oh yes, I'll live vicariously through this, uh, this person and they had, you know, they had all these amazing experiences and these revelations and stuff. I don't think so. I think it's a desperate thing. You're living, you're going from living in, even in the smallest house, 800 square feet or whatever, to living in 50 square feet or 60 square feet. It's not going to be good. And winter, all the technical things. Plus, you know, if things break down, you're basically screwed. Right. You know, it costs a lot of money to repair vehicles, the towing and all that type of thing. So what I'm saying is that I I didn't, it, there was a lot, as a young person, you know, when I tell people that story, they go, oh, you know, what an experience you really grew. No, I don't think I did. I think it made me very bitter to the world in ways. Now, mind you, there was a lot of very kind people in places that you would never expect um, I'm a Westerner, 
and here I am driving just out of Quebec City. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the West Westerners and Quebecers, like, I guess we're not the best of friends. I don't know. I'm married mm-hmm. one. So I mean, we do all right. <laughs> yeah. So so I'm driving through and it was snowing and I didn't have any washer fluid left. So I took snow and I put it in a plastic bag and I had it beside me on the seat. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, and cars, semis, they don't slow down. They don't care. And uh, every once in a while it would get like, you know, they put a huge amount of salt on the windows. So the windshield wiper would go, go the other way. And then it crystallizes and you're like, come on. And I, I was doing that. So I'm going along, going along, going along. And gradually, because I'm driving through slushy, whatever it is, my, my, um, it made a wheel imbalance. So I stopped the car and I'm on the whatever highway, what a highway is that? Trans-Canada Highway. Mm-hmm. And this fella pulls over. And I'm like, oh, here we go. This is where I get wasted and stuff. And, you know, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I don't speak French really, except for like grade seven and eight French, which is it's really... It's winter in Quebec. I, I, need, I don't need to go with, go with Monique and Bill to the discotheque. <laughs> no, I just you don't. don't. No. No. Or the and it's Biblio, cold and it's winter. Or, or the bibliotheque for no. that matter. I mean, you I just learn don't a few need things, it. but yeah. So th- this French fella, he, he goes, you know, you follow me. So he... And it was iced up bad. So we went to his house. It was, I don't remember where it is, but it was on the other side from Quebec City, other side of the river. And I drove up and we were in his garage and I don't speak any French really. I mean, so it was, you know, he, we, we tried to get it out. It's lots of ice. So he turned on the furnace for his garage and we went inside and he offered me a drink. His wife was there, not a drink, like alcoholic drink, but you know, a drink. And his wife was there, and uh, and I think they could tell that I was on my last legs. Like Aww. I was so tired, and they she she told me to lay down, and she got a, a blanket and put it over me. You know what? I don't remember falling asleep. All I remember is waking up, and it was light, and I could. And he came out from the garage. He had cleaned my Aww. car. He had put washer fluid in it. He had got all the ice. There was like ice all over the floor. And, you know, I bid them farewell and I never saw them again or heard from them. But I was like the kindness of strangers. And it could have went very wrong. Yeah. But you know what? It's it, you, With all these, you know, you hear about all these, uh, you know, I was watching a lot of true crime. Like you, <laughs> you're scared of everything after a while. Well, you know. And, that, and you know, like that, Je- was it Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't Jeffrey Dahmer. It was that other asshole. Um, who's the guy there? Uh, Which one? Ted Bundy. Yes. The creepy psychopath wacko it needed to be anyway. But then you get to that point where you're, you learn uh, to have faith in strangers sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's bad. No, not everyone's bad. You have bad. to keep your guard up. One thing I've learned is that sometimes you, you need to take the calculated risk with, with, with people out there in the world because not everybody's bad. If you watch the news, everybody's bad. Right. Or but that's watch, not always the case. Yeah. It's true. Well, you know, it's there's a couple things listening to your story that blows my mind. One, you know, 
just the fact that you did that, like, oh, by the way, I was traveling because I was looking for a flying job. Yeah, I was just. Gonna, I never mentioned. No, that. I was going to say that I, because and I know my parents were sick of having me at home. But yeah, go ahead. number Sorry. five of six, they're like, "Bye, Dean. Call me yeah. never." Um, but uh, you know, it's so interesting those times. So this is like pre-internet days, pre-cell phone days. You know, you were basically just gone. And if you could find a payphone and you had some change, maybe you were calling people, but otherwise, what are you sending a snail mail? Like it's such different times. And you did have to go out in what you were trying to do, find a job in aviation and like make it happen for yourself. It was so different. But also the side of it is like, holy cow, just as a woman, like I would never have this story. Like, it's just, it's so different the way, can you imagine like your 20 year old daughter, like, all right, bye. And then she's going to take her car and sleep in her car. Like, are you kidding me? Like just the safety element of it is just wild to me. Like, yeah, not that everything, you know, not that bad things are going to happen, but it's just such an interesting experience that I would never, ever be in. You yeah. know, and I and I I wouldn't want that no. for my child and stuff. The thing is, is that you know I used to think, I guess you come up with this idea that because you're doing it, and at the time, I thought that doing it was kind of, I don't know, gave me some validity or something like, you know, I, I, it was a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. But to be quite honest, that's it, that's an illusion. I think that you just think about that. You're like, oh, I've been through so much. Because number one, no one cares. Number two, what what parent would want their child to feel that way? There is no uh, uh, glory or or satisfaction in being in a situation where you're suffering for no reason. And and oddly enough, aviation is really really well in Canada. I think it's a it's a lot like that. There was a lot of uh, uh, guys and girls my age that were doing the same thing because from 1989 to 1995, there was nothing. It was pretty rough in Canada. I remember, I mean, segue, but I remember family members of mine like looking for work and it was not sending hundreds of resumes and you could not find work. It was a really, it was a really hard time. But I guess the thing is, is, you know, yes, you had that experience where you were taken advantage of and that probably sucked in the moment. And you're thinking like, how is this going to get better type of thing? But also as perhaps unpleasant some of those experiences were, I mean, they make a pretty damn good story. And I find that it's like, you know, sometimes you have to have those experiences, those maybe not so great moments that help make you a better, more interesting person because you have some reference points about like what wasn't great versus what is great. And maybe that helps you figure out like, you know, it's okay to say like, I don't really like camping, you know, like I don't really want to go camping. I kind of love it when people have those strong opinions. Like we were out with some friends having a drink there on their deck and we brought up camping and they were like, nah, (laughs) they went one time it was awful with their kids. And they're like, yeah. why are we doing this? Right. Doing it just like roughing it just to rough it. No. Forget it. Like no. you can choose what you like. And honestly, when it comes to like, when I was speaking with Becca this episode and talking about getting out there and, you know, sparking curiosity about nature, I love how she's like, yeah, if you want to just sit in your backyard and like, look at some birds, right. cool beans. You don't need to do like a week long trek through the, well, it's like through the jungle. Now. Well, you know, we're an hour and uh, 40 minutes or less from beautiful beaches on on Lake Huron and the you know we get out there for like noonish have 
you know, put some hot dogs in the thermos and some snacks. We like our cheese spread and whatnot. (laughs) And we swim and we chill and we play with the ball, football or whatever. And then at the end of the day, maybe we'll stop for some fish and chips and we're out of there. Yeah. And the kids are cool with it. We're like, hey, you know, we, we did that Airbnb uh, which is great service, uh, but you know you're in a strange place. They want you to wash the dishes when you're done, and all this kind. Of, no, no, thanks. Uh, you know where's the paper plates at? Where's the royal china? <laughs> Honestly, you yeah, gotta find what you like and go in that direction. Find you know what, what you I like mean? and go in that direction. And and I wish we knew people with you know a beautiful cottage with uh, maybe a cottage on the side for the children. <laughs> And then we exactly. Could. Well, all right. Well, you know, we're going to wrap it up here. I think we've I've said too much. You've said too much. They know too much. All right, guys. Well, thanks for chatting, Dean. I like to chat. I'll be in the garage. You can okay. just come get me anytime you need me to chat. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Friendos, it is now time for my favorite things this week. So I mentioned at the top of the episode, there was going to be something for your home. So last week, is it already last week? The days are blurry here, but I went and took my kids on a road trip to visit some of my family in the Ottawa area. And while I was gone, Dean, he stayed home because we have like a farm of animals here. We've got the two dogs, fish, lizards, you name it, we've got it. And so it was a little bit too much to organize to have Dean join us. So he stayed home. And while he was home, I want to say he took advantage of our absence, but I think maybe it was me that took advantage of the absence and Dean painted our bedroom. Oh my goodness. So if you haven't seen the makeover, head over to this week's weekly vlog, vlog 78. It's titled Back to School Plans in Ontario with me, Amanda Muse. And basically it went from this charcoal gray, this really heavy, dark color to a beautiful, crisp, white, light green vibe. It is so bright and so cheerful. The color is from Benjamin Moore and it's called Cloud Nine. And that theme of colors we sort of have running through our upstairs. The hallway is a little bit darker and then there's a darker green version in Jack's bedroom. I gotta be honest, like decorating one's home is not my strength, but I do appreciate simple fresh, bright things, good colors. You know, it's got to make you feel a certain kind of way. And I'm telling you, when I came home and that bedroom was so fresh, uh, I like might've just, there might've been a couple teary, you know, misty eyed moments. It's, I don't know about you, but my kids now are nine and seven. And with the many moves that we've had and just the way that we've done life, you know, there's been a lot of kids kind of in and out of my bed. You know, my bedroom kind of wasn't my own and hasn't been for a really long time. And now that we're departing from this baby stage and these young children stages, it's now back to being you know, a space for Dean and I, and we are just really excited about making it our own. And so we've, you know, refreshed the painting and Dean's done this beautiful crown molding on the ceiling. And, you know, we have a little, um, like a wing back chair in there for the time being, we hung up a mirror, there's a wicker basket, like you guys, I am just so excited about that space. So that color is checking all the boxes. It is working for me. And there's just something about a little makeover, right? So like I said, if you want to see what it looks like, head over to the weekly vlog, you can get a little sneak peek. 
The next thing that I wanted to mention that is a bit of a favorite for us at the moment that I thought maybe your kids would enjoy, but then like secretly, I really like it too is the store Forever 21. So we have a mall local to us and they had an H&M and I was a big fan, still love H&M. I love the convenience of, you know what, you want something cute, relatively inexpensive, you want a dress, you want a cute pair of shorts, whatever it is, they had it. And so when H&M left the mall, honestly, I was a little sad. However, we've now been, you know, frequently free... However, now we've been frequenting its replacement, which is Forever 21, and I'm not mad about it. So this week, I think the big item was that their accessories were all 50% off. So they might still be as you're listening to this. And Jack at seven is starting to find his way with his fashion. And he's really into toques. He's calling them beanies. It's not very Canadian, but I'll accept it. And they at the moment have these like packages of two. And so he picked up this set where one is cream colored and has a smiley face on the front. And then the other one is a forest green with just bunch of smiley faces. And it really gives me that Justin Bieber vibe with his fashion line Drew and the smiley faces and stuff. So he's feeling it. He's rocking it. I think the price is just right. Like I'm a fan and I was peeking around their you know, they have a few different sections and all of my 90s dreams of fashion is coming true. And I'm like, please hold me back. There was a velour jumpsuit and it looks so cute, like crushed velvet kind of style. <sighs> no, it's not even crushed velvet. It's It was perfection. I had a forest green one when I was 19. I see that. I need it. You know what I mean? I held back. I didn't buy it. But I'm just telling you, there's some really cute stuff at that store. So like kind of hits all the categories, like Jack's loving the little fashion items. Esme's loving it. To be honest, I have two pairs of shorts I bought there. They're called the mom jeans shorts. They're incredible. I love them. I can't say enough. And the last item for me this week of my favorite things is a trend I didn't expect to love. It's French tips. So I went and got a manicure this week. I have not had my nails done like with the gel and the tips and the whole thing in quite some time. There was a point there in 2019 where I was really doing the self-care and getting a manicure was like top of the list. That fell by the wayside lately. Um, anyway, so I went and got this manicure with, uh, with uh, you know, solar, solar gel and I got French tips and I'm obsessed. It's so fresh looking, it's so clean. I remember getting a French manicure way back. Like I was like, what, 17 in high school used to save up my hard earned cash and get myself this manicure. And it has been some time since I've had this look and I kind of love it. I went with the almond shape. Uh, who even am I? Who even am I with this fabulous manicure? So I didn't expect to love it, but I'm telling you, it's like, there's something so fun about fashion as it comes full circle. So all of the the fashion dreams that I had and wanted as a young adult and um, couldn't afford, all of a sudden I can and it's back and I'm here for it. So give me all the 90s vibes, you know, I love it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Now, be sure to tune in next week because we have a special guest and we're going to be talking about back to school. How can we start to prepare our kids and get them back on schedule? Sleep is top of that list. So there's an awesome conversation coming next week. So be sure to tune in. And until then, I hope you guys stay well. Thank you for being here and we'll catch you in the next one.
Friendo Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Amanda Muse. Music on this episode is written by Chris Bevins and Mike Payne, performed and produced by MP Real Glow. If you'd like to help support the growth of Friendo Podcast, you can do so by leaving a positive review, sharing the podcast with your friends and community, and supporting the shop at hellofriendo.com. Find us on Instagram at shophellofriendo. And thank you for listening. And remember, be your own bird. <laughs>